This sermon is brought to you by Shatter State Chi Alpha. As you listen, we hope that you enjoy it and that it helps you in your walk. Please visit our website in the information below and drop us a message. We would love to hear from you. But the piece of scripture I wanted to speak about tonight was obviously, you guys know this well, but I'm going to read it again. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And I know you guys know this well because of the exercise we just did. You guys had pretty good knowledge of what this is all about. And so Matthew 20, 28, 16 through 20 says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. But when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's so straightforward and so uh, obvious. Like, it's very clear as to what Jesus is commanding us to do. But yet, I feel like this is one of the most confused pieces of Scripture. I feel like we so often kind of put this into its own little category. You know, go and make disciples. We know that Jesus is commanding us to do this. But over here, we're going to love people. We're going to show love. And we're going to do this thing. But we're going to keep discipleship over here. We're going to put discipleship on this side of the table. And we're going to cleanly package it and put it over here. And then we're, oh, we need to preach and we need to go to church and we need to do this and we need to do this. But we're going to keep discipleship packaged neatly over here. This is discipleship. Everything else is here, but this is discipleship. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it this way, and I love this quote. If you don't know who Dietrich Bonhoeffer is, it's worth looking into. He's an awesome, awesome historical figure. He said, discipleship is not an offer that man makes to Christ. I feel like what happens is when we put discipleship over here in this little package over here, it becomes something that we offer to God. We're going to go and make disciples. We're going to go and be discipled as my duty that I offer up to Jesus. And so since I did my discipleship duties, since I went to church, since I went to small group, since I did these things over here, I did my job to be discipled. You know, I, I shared about Jesus. I did this. This is my offering to Jesus. This is my fragrance. But it's not an offering that we give to Jesus. It is a commandment from Jesus. It says, go and make disciples. It is not an offer that we make to Christ. It is a command that we follow. It is so much more important than something that we have to offer Jesus. It's something that Jesus is offering us and telling us to participate in. So true because I think, like I said, in, in how can I word this? We turn discipleship into a program. It's small group. It's going to church. It's participating in worship. It's, you know, meeting one-on-one with someone who's discipling us or meeting one-on-one with somebody we're discipling. It's whatever this is. Or we have this definition of what discipleship is. It's living our lives together. It's doing this with each other. But, I mean, I lived my entire life with my mom and dad. My mom, my mom was a solid Christian my entire life. I grew up living in the same household. I did life together. We talked quite a bit. We had conversations. We lived in the same household, and yet I wasn't a disciple of her. I wasn't even a Christian. And so we come up with this language that dictates what 
a disciple really is, but it's so much bigger than just living together. It's so much bigger than just doing life together. It's so much bigger than the programs we've dumbed it down to and going to church and going to one-on-ones and doing these things. Man, discipleship is what it is all about. Jesus' command to us is all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, given to Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I mean, that pretty much summarizes everything. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we need to know what Jesus has commanded us to do. Jesus says all scripture is good for teaching and rebuking. There's Bibles that have written in red letter everything that Jesus said that's documented. So even if you feel like you can't, you can't tackle all of Scripture, I challenge you, if you've never read the Bible all the way through, do it at least once. I think you'd be shocked to, to realize how few people have actually read the Bible, not even necessarily in order, but all in, in its entirety. Do it. And if you feel like that's too big of a task, at least go through and read everything that Jesus said. At the very least, start there. If you haven't done it, man, that's my challenge to you over the next two weeks. Read everything that Jesus has said. It's written in red. You can find, you can uh, Google it, and there's pages that just literally have it listed out. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we are commanded to do this. It's not an option. It's not a, well, if you, if you really love me, then it's okay if you don't know what I've commanded you to do. Now, Jesus is saying, we're to go and make disciples. We're to go and teach people everything that Jesus commanded us to do. That's what we're supposed to do. So we need to get to a point in which we know what Jesus has commanded us to do first and foremost. And so in order to make disciples, we have to be discipled. We have to learn from people who know more about Jesus than us. We have to take the time, put the effort in. I know life gets busy, but... Man, how important is anything going on in your life if it's removing you from being discipled? How important is anything in your life if it's removing from you the opportunity to get to know God more, to get to know Jesus more, to get to know your fellow Christians more? I mean, fellowship is a big part of all of this. How important is what you're doing if it removes you from the things that Jesus is commanding us to do. We get this attitude like discipleship is an option. And if I'm being discipled, if I'm making disciples, then I'm this awesome, mighty man of God. We've also kind of created this atmosphere in which we've pushed the responsibilities of discipleship onto the pastors, onto the small group leaders, onto the the guys that are leading. We've almost said, you know what? I'm going to get this person to service today. I'm going to invite them to service. And the second we walk through those doors, it's all on me to make the disciple them. And that's not the way it goes. That's not the way scripture presents it. Jesus brought up the disciples and taught them. And yes, he did live life with them, but he did so much more. And he did exactly what you guys said he did. It wasn't just about spending time. It was intentional. We need to make discipleship, both being discipled and making disciples, intentional. We need to make disciples simply because Jesus is with us. Jesus has commanded us to, 
And Jesus has then in turn given us his authority. What are you doing with Jesus' authority? How are you handling Jesus' authority? He says he's given us all authority because he has all authority. So what are you doing with Jesus' authority? Dietrich Bonhoeffer also said, it is only because he became like us that we can become like him. And I think this is so great to, to, to finish out tonight, and it's, it's going to be a short sermon. It's sweet and to the point. It is only because he became like us that we can become like him. Jesus Christ came down, humbled himself, became a servant to us, washed our feet, sacrificed himself for us, was crucified, died, buried, and rose again for us. Our then obligation, at the very least, is to try to become more like him. Jesus was the epitome of all that is good in this earth. All that is good that has walked this earth for the last 2,000 years is perfectly summed up in Jesus Christ. So why would I not want to be more like him? Why would I not do everything I can do to be good? How many of you guys like those guys that are just jerks, just cut you down, know how to take you out, gossip behind your back, cause drama, just cause scenes all the time? You guys know who I'm talking about. How much do you like that atmosphere? That's nothing like Jesus. So then think about Jesus. What do you feel about Jesus? And like when you, everybody close your eyes. When I say Jesus Christ, what do you think of? When I talk about how much Jesus loves you, what do you think about? When I talk about what Jesus has commanded us to do, what do you think about? When I talk about the disciples, what do you think about? When I talk about the 12 disciples, what do you think about? What do you feel? How do you feel? When I talk about the relationship between John and, and Timothy, or Paul and Timothy, sorry. When I talk about the relationship between Paul and Timothy, how close they were, how much faith Paul put into Timothy, what do you think about? How does it make you feel? Now then I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to say, what do you think about you as a disciple? How does that make you feel? When I say you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, what emotions come out of you? When I say you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, what about when I say you are to make more disciples? How does that make you feel? You guys can open your eyes. As much as I'm cramming it down your throats that this is something you guys need to do, it is. It is something you need to do. It is something we all need to do. It is. We need to be discipled. We need to make disciples. It's commanded. But I want to get to the bigger issue, the, the more important part of this equation. And when we talk about Jesus, we talk about how much Jesus loves us, what Jesus has been able to provide for us, even if he's done nothing more than sacrifice himself on the cross even if that is the very least that he has done for you. Why in the world would you not want to share this? What 
in this world can we really value more than the love of Jesus Christ? We can have our own agendas. We can have our own pride. We can have money. We can have riches. We can have anything and everything that this world has to offer, but it pales in comparison to the love of Jesus Christ. It pales in comparison to the life that Jesus Christ has for us. And so for the last two weeks, we've been talking about belief, believing in Jesus, what it takes to believe in Jesus, what true belief looks like in Jesus. We've been talking about just overall belief. We talked about how if you really believed what Jesus had to say, it would compel you to do something. And so if you're not compelled to do something, you need to go back to the basics and relearn what Jesus is, who Jesus is, what he has done for us, and what he has asked us to do in return. Because it is our duty of a follower of Jesus Christ because of what he has already done for us to even begin to even fathom returning the favor to him. No matter what you could possibly do, you could literally churn out a new disciple every hour for the rest of your life, and it would still pale in comparison to what Jesus Christ has already done for you in this life. It would probably pale in comparison to what Jesus has already done for you that you don't even know he has done. I'm talking the things that go completely behind the scenes. The times in which God interceded on our behalf and we didn't even realize it. The times in which maybe our mom and dad's prayers interceded on our behalf. Those times in which we didn't even see, no matter what you could possibly do on this earth, it's still going to pale in comparison to the amount of love that Jesus Christ has for you and what Jesus has already done for you. And so when I'm faced with this reality, when I'm faced with this, uh, you know, this giant unequal equation, I mean, you guys watch uh, Parks and Recreation. Great show. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend watching it. It is hilarious. Leslie Nope in this show is the, the epitome of gift givers. She gives the greatest gifts and way too many gifts, and she gives like the most thoughtful gifts you could ever think of. And her friends always get mad at her because it's so impossible to repay these gifts. And so one day they finally break down and they, they create this perfect gift for her, and I don't want to ruin the show for you, but they create this perfect gift for her in order to repay her. But even still, it pales in comparison to the year's worth of gifts that she has given. That's how I respond to Jesus. Man, when I start thinking about what he's done, the miracles he's performed in my life, I don't know if you guys know this, but man, uh, I was having a, a conversation with my boss and another pastor, and uh, all three of us, well, no, never mind, our boss hasn't. But the two pastors, we were just talking and we just kind of laughed because both of us had been to jail. He's been to jail too. That begins to show you what Jesus has done in our lives. The two, the two male leaders in here that are, you, you did your, uh, you got your one thing completed? So you're an official leader? Okay, your two official leaders in here so far have been to jail. And yet, now we're here leading Chi Alpha. That shows you what Jesus has even done in just our lives. And so anything that I could even think of to repay Jesus still pales in comparison to that life that he's brought me out of. Maybe you guys haven't been in jail. Maybe you guys have had a pretty clean life. Man, thank Jesus that you weren't in that kind of lifestyle. 
Because it takes a miracle to even stay out of that lifestyle nowadays. But when I think about that, and I think about the life that Jesus has brought me out of, man, I even think about just this last year. Some of you guys that know us and have been here for a while know how horrible this last year was for my wife and I. When I think about this last year, and even as terrible as it is, I still think about the things that Jesus has done throughout this last year for us. And when I'm faced with that generosity, that love, that compassion, that everything good that this world has to offer us, when I'm sitting here and I stand face to face with that, nothing else matters. I want to do what Jesus has asked me to do. It doesn't matter what else has gone on in my life. It doesn't matter that my mom passed away this last December. It doesn't matter that Courtney's grandma passed away in November. It doesn't matter that we totaled our car. It doesn't matter that my wife spent a, a week in the hospital this last year. It doesn't matter that every single week her medicine to stay alive costs $3,000 a week. It doesn't matter because compared to what Jesus has done for us, all of that is just nonsense. doesn't even matter. And so when I'm face-to-face -face with that and that realization, I don't feel like there's a choice. I don't feel like I have a choice not to make disciples. I don't feel like I have a choice not to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't feel like I have a choice to not go out and shout about Jesus' love to anybody and everybody that would be willing to listen to me. I don't feel like I have a choice. Man, I honestly... Like, I, I, I legit mean this, and those of you guys that are freshmen or new um, will find out eventually, but I know for a fact I would not be alive if it wasn't for what Jesus Christ did to me back in 2010. I would be dead. And so every moment since then is nothing because I wouldn't even have been here to stand in front of you if it wasn't for what Jesus Christ did for me. And so literally every second that I breathe is a blessing from Jesus Christ. Literally every single Tuesday night in which I get an opportunity to share with you guys about Jesus Christ's love is a blessing. Every heartache, every trial, every piece of pain, and even those things are a blessing because if it wasn't for what Jesus Christ did for me back in 2010, I wouldn't even be here to experience it. And so nothing, nothing matters more than that to me. So if I'm saying anything today, I just want to compel you guys, man, if you don't feel like you're at a place where you can make disciples effectively, and I mean that effectively, if you're not at a place where you feel like you can be the person making disciples, then I want to ask you, what are you doing to get to that place? I want to compel you guys, if you're not going to small groups, I know I said it's not about the program, but within the program, there's opportunities for you to be discipled. If you're not going to small groups, why not? If you're not meeting up with Courtney and I or the other small group leaders, why not? If you're not taking opportunities to meet up with other people who you know are closer to Christ than you are, why not? What in this world is more important than you getting to a place where you can make disciples?
And if you feel like you're at a place where you can make disciples and you're not, why not? What could be more important than doing what Jesus asked us to do? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity and to the opportunity to even gather together. I know our numbers are still down this year, but man, I see so many new faces and I see people who genuinely want to learn about you. And so, Lord, I thank you for these students. I thank you for their, their level of interest. I thank you for their uh, time commitment that they have made to even coming to Chi Alpha. I know sometimes in the college world, it feels like time is very scarce. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would bless them with more time, that you would expand their time, and that their time that they spend involved in Chi Alpha and their time spent um, becoming disciples and making disciples wouldn't return, return void. And so you would give them abundant time and you give them proper time management. God, we thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you for what you did on the cross. And there's nothing else that you could possibly do that would be necessary. Nothing else you do do that we even deserve. And what it all goes back to is you on the cross and that sacrifice you made for us so that we could inherit the kingdom of heaven. And so, Lord, ultimately, that is what we thank you for. We thank you for what you have done for us. So, Lord, I just ask that you would help us to become more like you. Lord, that you would help us grow closer to you. Lord, that you would help us do what we were asked to do through your word and through your promises. God, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. So, ladies, Monday, 7 o'clock, Edna, small group. Men, Thursday, Edna, 8 o'clock. That's a small group opportunity. If you want one-on-one opportunities, man, talk to Courtney or I or Courtney or Phil or Matt or Jordan probably, too. You've got people in your life. You've got people that will be more than willing to meet with you to help you grow as Christians.